Hello and welcome. This is Connie Reagan Green with another call in the podcast series. Today, I'm very excited to have an incredible, incredible mind from the internet, Don Wilson. Welcome, Don. Hey, great to be here. Always a good time. Yes, well, so wonderful to have you. The last time we saw each other in person was in San Francisco. We were all attending um, a big event there and uh, didn't have a whole lot of time to talk with you, but I know right then I thought, boy, I have to have you as a guest for the podcast series. Oh, yeah, exactly. That sounds fun. I'm glad to be here. Hopefully we can uh, stir up some uh, some great minds. Yes, yes, because it's all it's all about the thinking when you're when you're an entrepreneur. But you know, I want to ask you, Don, how did you how did you get started on the internet? When, when was that, and how did that come about? It wasn't that long ago. It was um, 2011, I believe, in June. So it wasn't super super long ago, and I just started doing little Facebook pages. Uh, I first started, you know, going after offline clients, and I would get them up on Facebook. And then I decided, you know, I'm pretty good at this Facebook. So I started doing more just the online marketing of Facebook, and I started in the dog niche and a bunch of other niches. Ended up, this is what was a little bit harder to get fans on Facebook than it is now because there was less people using it for the marketing style. Mm-hmm. But I was able to get just like a hundred or two hundred dollars in ad budget, a good twenty thousand fans on Facebook within a few days, just using some good marketing. Well, that's amazing because I think most of us have had the experience of you know, setting up a Facebook page because somebody told us we should, and then we tell all of our friends from our regular account about it, and, you know, by the end of the week, we have 22 likes, and that's it. Yeah. And then that's we don't know what to <laughs> Yeah, that's usually uh, how it starts. Uh, the first page that I made, it obviously didn't go so well, and eventually uh, I started figuring out that if you want to make it on Facebook, you got to do it just a certain way. Now, I don't know um, how advanced or not advanced some people are, but I find that if I'm doing traffic online, I've got to come to the knowledge that I can't create traffic. It's already there. Now, I can buy it. I can I can do SEO and I can build it. But the thing is, if you want to get a little traffic, you got to understand that traffic's already there. You've just got to find where it's at and move it to where you want it. All right, so, Don, the way I think of that is – um, like, like you're you're from Kansas. Do you live in a small city in Kansas? Yes. Okay. All right. And I go back and forth between Santa Clarita, which has 250,000 people, and Santa Barbara, which has 100,000. And I think of you know in in Santa Clarita, you can stand most anywhere, and there's just tons of traffic coming by. But in Santa uh-huh. Barbara, there are places where in a 24-hour period, there might only be 10 vehicles that come through. And I'm sure you can relate to that in in your area. And Uh if we have information, just say I'm going to go out on the corner and hold a sign because I want people to come to my store or something like that, it wouldn't make any sense for me just to stand on the street where there's going to be 10 people over the next 24 hours. I would starve to death. I guess that's a good diet method maybe, but I would (laughs) starve to death in the meantime. Whereas if you and I would go in a in busy traffic area and hold up the sign, within an hour we could fill the store with people. So is that a good analogy? Yeah, that's a, a perfectly fine analogy. I, I actually like that. It's just you can go out there and you can put a sign up and, and take it further. You can either build your own road or try to. And But the thing is you, you may not have the equipment to do that. You may not have all the time to do that. 
and you could eventually get trapped there, build your own little city or wherever, or go where all the traffic's already at and convert it. Excellent, excellent. But, Don, tell us a little bit more about yourself. What did you do then prior to to coming online and joining this incredible online entrepreneurial world? Did you have a job? I was a debt collector. How's that for an awesome one? Oh, wow. Wow, but you have a great personality. So I, I, I do have a great personality, yes. It's a, <laughs> it's, just, it's a little bit different when uh, you're calling people that hate to hear from you, though. Personality going to help you too much there. Yeah. So you were inside, you were in an office making those calls? Nice little call center, just like uh, all the other ones out there that I'm sure people have been to telemarketing or done telemarketing or seen the call centers. I've done telemarketing, I did the debt collection thing. Pretty much any type of call center I've been working in them. But don't you feel that that was excellent experience for what you're doing now online? I totally agree, yes. I'm uh, learning how to sell via phone. Is a good thing once you, because uh, I mean, salesmanship and print is very similar. You just got to do it through a different media. Yeah, because for me, you know, I've done so many things over the years. I was a, a teacher for many years and did real estate at the same time. But before that, I did some other things. I sold cars. I sold Toyotas for about six months. And every time when I'm doing things in my online business now, I think back to that time. So many skills that I learned with dealing with the public and then bringing clients in and actually closing them into a car. And we wanted it sold and rolled by the end of the day. That was the saying. And I think back those experiences, they were very, very valuable to me. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, it's, it's like a lot of people say, it's your, your, your background, your story, and how everything came about, you've got to embrace that if you want to make it an internet marketing like when I was starting my sales letters before for the longest time, they always talked about my story of struggle from, you know, going through telemarketing to going through debt collection to a job that I hated. And, and I think if you, uh, you try and push that away, it, it hinders people from getting started in Internet marketing. Like, no matter what you've been through, embrace it and use it and it, leverage it and don't be afraid of your past. And I think it helps a lot to get where you're doing Internet marketing. Well, I think that's really great, great wisdom. And, I think it's important because in the beginning, I thought people really didn't want to hear my story. They wouldn't be interested, and it was really just the opposite. They wanted to hear why I would leave a, te a teaching career because I, I quit. I resigned at the end of a school year seven years ago, and I gave away the real estate clients, and I was so excited by the possibilities of being an entrepreneur that I was willing to give all that up. And now, you know, you and I and everybody that we know, we, we travel the world and make our own hours and just kind of create our own destiny and our own you know great value for others so it's a wonderful life yeah i love it just get, to, <laughs> get to travel around and people every day get where they're going and it's just nothing better yes yes i can't imagine doing anything else well i want to talk about the uh the course the training that you have and, and my link for my people listening is going to be connieloves.me forward slash wilson w-i-l-s-o-n and this is your Facebook architect training. So how did this come about? That's actually my pretty much my best course. And it's built from since 2011, all of my actual training that I've been thinking about. Like when I first started into Facebook, I realized, okay, i got to find where the traffic is, go and get it. But you've got to realize that Facebook traffic is totally different than other traffic. Now, let's take it from an offline perspective so I think it's easier to see. An accountant, okay? If you're going to do something for an accountant, 
they don't belong on Facebook. They're not social. Nobody wants to talk about their taxes. <laughs> you gotta, you got to find them on Google, right? So if you're, you're looking for an accountant, you're searching for a solution. When you do that, you want to be on Google, not on Facebook. So uh, the first thing I want to talk about is that if you're going to do Facebook, make sure and do it where it's really going to benefit. If you're going to do acne removal, go to Google. It's not social. That traffic is not on Facebook. If you want to do puppies, go to Facebook. If you want to do cats, go to Facebook. So you've got to understand that the traffic that's there, it's social traffic. So to actually tap into that, you've got to think of a couple different things. You've got to say, all right, are they irrationally passionate? and long-term. If you get into a niche and you get a little bit of traffic from a trend and then they don't keep buying long-term, the traffic doesn't really matter. So you've got to think, all right, is it on Facebook? Is it social? Accountants aren't social. Restaurants, social. That works on Facebook. So once you realize that, okay, I've got passion. It's social. It's something people actually want to talk about, they want to post about. And then we start bringing in the understanding of what's, how Facebook really works. So the next thing I look for and to go on Facebook is controversy. And the reason why is how Facebook goes viral. Now, if we got something long-term and something to talk about, they'll, they'll socially hit the like button, socially talk about it. But if I can get them to argue in the comments, that sends all my posts far more viral because that's what Facebook does. If somebody's liking something a lot or if someone's commenting on something a lot, Facebook says, okay, this has got a lot of comments. This has got a lot of shares. It must be important. So then I start going, okay, is it controversial? Can I get them to argue? Is it something social that they'll actually talk about? Is it something passionate so that they'll stick up for it and they'll really argue about it? And once you start getting all those together, you've really got a good niche on Facebook. Okay, because I've, I've seen your controversial ones, and when I saw them, I thought, well, duh, I guess this would make a great niche, but I had never you know, thought about that until I saw what you were doing. So I like how you really make us think about what's possible, you know, no matter what it is that we're trying to do. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's great. Facebook has got ridiculous amounts of traffic, but you've just got to, like, like earlier, if you have a story in your background, you've got to embrace what Facebook actually has for traffic and not try and force things. So if you go after something that isn't social, you're going to have a tough time on Facebook. But if you go after something that is social and is passionate, Facebook's the place to be. Well, that's excellent. That's excellent. Now, are you using some uh, paid traffic sources? Do you teach that in the course? I sure do. Um, Ooh, I yeah. use a lot of different paid traffic sources. But the main thing that I do is just Facebook PPC. And there's a couple different ways you can do it. I teach this quite a more advanced course. But there's light campaigns, opt-in campaigns, and campaigns. So when you think about it, all right, there's an ad on the side of the wall. What's easier to get? A like, an email, or a purchase? It's going to be a like. So right. when I do when I do my ads, I run what's called a like campaign. Now you'll see ads on the side of the wall and I'll do different things like if I do a like campaign, I do CPM, which is cost per impression. If I do a buyer campaign, I do CPC, which is cost per click, and here's why. If I see an ad on the side of my wall and it's a like-based ad, that ad is going to outperform the ad that says 990, click to buy. Like um, it says, click like if you love pit bulls or stop your dog from crapping in the house. 990, $10 report, click to buy or wherever you want to do like that. It's going to be a lot easier to get that like 
click than it is to get someone to click to buy because they're coming in with buyer intent versus just looking like a status update, and that's key. If you want your ads to work on Facebook, you've got to follow the advertorial method. Now, I don't know who made that up, but I learned it from Dan Kennedy at first, which is basically if you're going sifting through a magazine, what are you going to look for? You're going to look for the editorials, right, not the advertisements. So when you turn an actual advertisement to look like an editorial, it works. The same thing is true on Facebook. That looks like a status update, not on the side of the wall. I love puppets, then you hit the like button. Now, the reason it works is just like I explained earlier. It's a like ad. Likes are easier to get than purchases, but it looks like a status update, and that's what people are on Facebook for. They're not there to go check out your ads. They're there to see what their friend's status is, and if you embrace that, your ad will win. Yeah, you know, I believe it was uh, Dan Kennedy because I have I have heard that and thought about that with with things that I do all the time, the the advertorial. So I believe he is the one that came up with that. And you know, what you're saying right there is really so brilliant. How you took that strategy and then applied it to what you're doing with the Facebook pages. So I love that you're sharing that, Don. Thanks so much. Yeah, it works really well. Um, basically, you want to look at what everybody else is doing on your Facebook ads and do the opposite. Like uh, whenever you go into your uh, ad campaign, naturally, when you start making these ads, what you're going to want to do is they only give you X number of characters for your ad. So naturally, what you want to do is you want to use up all those characters. You've only got four lines of space. You might as well use all of them, right? But yeah. then what happens is end up looking like everybody else's ad and nobody sees it on the wall. You've got to do a pattern interrupt. That's why I do red photos. I do photos that are tilted. Everybody's out there doing the red stroke, which does work. But if you do a bold red stroke and then you tilt the photo to a small little angle, what it does is when people log into Facebook, what are they going to look at? All the photos look the same or the one that's crooked? So you do the crooked photo. You do the red on the photo because you have a blue background. And then you do a short, punchy ad, and that's the most important thing. If you put very few words in your ad, you're going to do well because everybody else out there has four lines of words in their ad. Well, when you can do it one, that's when yours sticks out because you've got a tilted photo, so that's going to stick out. And then you've got all this white space where everybody else has text, and it sticks out. So really what you want to do to make your ads win is embrace it, do the advertorial method, but make sure you're sticking out and being different than everybody else because pattern interrupts is what works with Facebook ads. All right, because I'm looking right now at my wall to to see, you know, and it seems like nobody is doing what you're saying. They all have ones that, for me, they just blend into the background now, so there's there's nothing that I'm going to click on because they haven't done anything to interrupt my thinking. Yeah, so this is what I've been doing now uh, since – for years, not years, but for about a year and a half when I was doing ads, Facebook, if you were running ads inside of their platform to a Facebook fan page, the name of your fan page would also be line of your ad. There's a blue little link you can click at the top. It goes over to the fan page. You change that. So now you can make your ads even shorter. So what I do is I usually pose a question that I know the answer to is yes. Just like in copywriting, you get people nodding yes. Yeah. You ask questions, you know the answer is yes. So like, I'll target in the interest, say pit bulls. This will be my headline. Love pit bulls, question mark, and then here's the entire ad copy. Then like us. Okay, it doesn't look because, like an ad. 
Yeah, because if the person doesn't nod their head yes, then they're not your target market anyway. Yeah, and if you're targeting um, Pitbull as an interest in Facebook, they're going to like Pitbull, or they wouldn't have it for an interest. Okay. All right, here, I'm going to ask you, ask you something that I'm not sure if you have any experience with or not. What would you say to try to – because I do a lot of charity work. What would you say uh -huh. for a charity to how, – how would they position their ad to try to get people in that local community to like the page and to get more information about the charity event? Um, you're definitely going to want to run a light campaign. It's going to be hard to sell anything if it's a charity. Uh, that would be an immediate disconnect. Um, what kind of charity is it? Just an example. It's Rotary. I don't know if you're familiar. They're an international service organization, and they just want more people in the community to know who they are and what they're doing. So there's really nothing for sale right away, but eventually people would be invited to a fundraiser. Okay, so... Um You'd want to definitely do a light campaign. I would do um, support charities, question mark, then like us would be the whole ad. Okay. And I would just do a very social photo, but it's that's kind of hard to laser it and target. But what you want to do is you want to get to first, and then you want to funnel those people off into an email list, and then you want to follow up with them by email because people make buying and action decisions in the inbox. It's really hard to sell direct via Facebook, but if you get the like first and then turn that like to a lead, then it's easy to turn that lead into a sale because they're unadulterated leads control all the traffic. And once you get people in that inbox, you can sway them one way or the other. But it's hard to do on Facebook, and here's why. You're going to get two different ways to get your traffic once you have likes. The first way, when you post something at the page, the people that are on Facebook just sitting there looking at stuff, and it comes across their feed. That's where you're going to get a good search. But where most of your traffic's going to be is when people log into Facebook and they start scrolling up the news feed. So basically, they're going to have to see your actual photo scrolling, look at what you have to say, offer, and that's going to be very hard to get a sale. So if you pull them into a lead, once you get them in the inbox, you've got their full attention. They click open, then they have nothing but your email sitting right in front of them. So I think if you're doing Facebook, it's very key and very important to actually build a list if you want to sell something later. Excellent, excellent. Well, I encourage everyone to get involved with this course. If you're doing anything on Facebook that you want to really build a list and promote products and really get your business going, go to Don's course at connieloves.me forward slash Wilson. When I say that, I always think of the movie with Tom Hanks where he was oh, talking man. to that coconut that he, it was Wilson. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's, uh, the volleyball, that's right. The vo oh, that's right, the, vo the volleyball. Yeah. And the, the volleyball. reason he did that is um, his wife's um, name is Rita Wilson, and so he said that during that movie that way he could think of her every day, so it was actually romantic. Oh, I didn't know that. That's yeah, isn't that, isn't that sweet? Yeah, so that's why he named it named it Wilson. <laughs> That's, That's cute. All right. Well, Don, I just, you know, I love knowing you and watching everything that you're doing. It's so exciting, and you have such innovative ideas. You're you're just a wonderful person to be, uh, you know, part of this Internet adventure that all of us are, are having. It's so amazing. So thanks so much for spending this time with me and with my podcast listeners today. Yeah, anytime. Just holler at me. Okay, I sure will. Uh, again, this is Connie Reagan Green. Be sure to go over to HugeProfitsTinyList.com and you can see how you can sign up on iTunes to get a free subscription to all of the calls in the podcast series. 
Take care, Don. Have a good one.